Since COVID-19 hit, my life, like many, has been confined to my home. With work hours cut to nothing and outdoor excursions limited to neighborhood walks and a weekly field trip to the grocery store, regular life has never looked more different. But I couldn't help but wonder what the new normal looks like for my friends living in other corners of the world, so I gave them a call. I'm Tahara Faruzin. You're listening to What's It Like? made the permanent move to Oslo last September, but before that they called Calgary, Alberta home. The interesting thing about Norway and Alberta is they're comparable in population and in COVID-19 cases. But Norway took a slightly different approach to distancing and closures. The Northern European country has already begun reopening in stages, and as Alberta and Canada begin to do the same, Jason can offer some insight. So Norway is... In one sense, I, 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 in a lot of senses, quite similar Canadian culture. So people feel very friendly, a um, little more socially reserved. Maybe you're not going to get so many people coming up, uh, chatting with people in line at the coffee shop as you would back home. But people are friendly, really outdoorsy, um, people very active. So if you do sports or if you're uh, you know, focused on the outdoor stuff, you'll definitely connect with people out here. Um, and people... I've noticed like have a strong social ethic. So people kind of are, I don't know how exactly to describe it, but people are very much connected to like the wider group. Like um, there's kind of this impression that like everyone works together to achieve the best. So when did you first start hearing about the coronavirus? When things started to go off in Italy, Nori was hit really quickly right afterwards. Um, because that happened to align with like a winter break or like a February break and a lot of Norwegians traveled to Italy to get some sun. And so we saw this huge spike in COVID cases um, right after. And um, the government came down pretty quickly. And with it happened within a, about eight hours it went from being like a couple things on the news in the morning to like that afternoon, I think it was March 11th, where the government said, all right, as of tomorrow, schools are closed, daycares are closed. Um, you know, we encourage people not to go into work, work from home if you can, you know, and they put down like the lockdown procedures quite quickly. And uh, I think some people grumbled about it initially, but people more or less responded in like, went along with it and said, okay, if this is what we have to do, we can do it. Um, so it was, uh, that was really fascinating to kind of see a whole culture, like kind of really pick it up and adopt it quite quickly. I guess a lot of people just trusted that like when the scientific and government authorities said that they should do it, that a lot of people just followed those recommendations. Basically for two weeks, everyone just like more or less stayed at home if they could. Um, and of course you could go to the grocery store and pick up food and, um, you know, that, but in general, not a lot of people really left their house unless they needed to. And, um, we've never, we've never had any lockdown measures that like keep you in the house. We've never had any like full like measures 
in Norway. So you were always allowed to go outside here, um, but just keep your distance from people. Um, so I'd say the first two weeks, everyone was like, really just said, okay, I'm going home, I'm staying home. And, and then after that, people became a, maybe a little stir crazy and started to realize, started to go outside a bit more. But um, yeah, like when you go out into like the, the popular, like outdoor areas around the city. So I'm in Oslo, so the capital, lots, lots of people here. Um, and so when you go out to like down by the water or up into the woods, like surrounding the city, uh, you'll see lots of people. Um, and um, so much to the point where like sometimes it seems like a little too much people out there, um, too many people out there. Uh, but in general, people keep their distance. And Norwegians really believe in like the importance of getting outside and getting fresh air. So that wasn't going to like keep people away for too long. What about your work? Has that been impacted? I've been working the whole time. I, I brought my desk, I, or I brought my computer and everything, and I kind of set up a home office here. Um, and so I've been working from home, and I've been working, but um, the, the unemployment program in Norway um, basically saw an immediate like amount of people come in. Um, and of course, Norway's got an incredible social system, so everyone was able to, you know, if they lost their job or if they lost their income, um, my wife was working a part-time shift at a cafe and so that obviously shut down so she was able to apply and get um you know a little bit of what you know in canada ei but um get that um government assistance for her wage my job kept going i was um i just kind of worked from home for a couple weeks and now i'm in the office a few days a week what about panic buying has there been any shortages on, on the first few days of lockdown, there was a little bit of a, a mad rush at the grocery store and they kind of ran out of food. Well, I think everyone kind of rushed out and bought a lot of things on the first few days of the lockdown. But I think already by day three of the lockdown, people realized, oh, the food's always coming back. Like the stores are not running out of food. So um, if the grocery stores have been great. Um, no, no issues with that. Um, of course, people are, you know, they've got hand sanitizer all over the place at the entrance and at the tills for people to use. Um, and they have signs warning people to keep their distance. Um, they have set up like some additional kind of like uh, plexiglass walls in front of the cashiers just to limit like any sort of like um, breathing, I guess, or like contact with people. Um so those are the major differences, like that they've added some plexiglass little dividers um, and lots of hand sanitizer is everywhere for you to use. Um, but in terms of like the food and the items to buy, um, it hasn't been too bad. I've noticed um, a couple of the big shops, like we went to Ikea once and it was a big day. It was like a Saturday morning and I think everyone decided to go out and do some like spring shopping and um they were limiting the amount of folks coming in the doors so they had like a lineup outdoors outside so um i've noticed like some of the big stores will do that but in general most of the grocery stores don't get that crowded anyways so there's no issue about um limiting how many people go in the shop is ikea open is ikea considered an essential 
<laughs> um, Ikea is now open. I, th- I don't know if it was always open. It may have been closed for the first couple weeks, but it is open. Um, but that is actually maybe a difference between Norway and um, Canada, from what I've heard, is a, there were st- a lot of stores did remain open. So um, I don't know how they decided if it was just each shop made its own decision. But like a couple of the malls remained open. Um, so you could go buy H&M or you know, whatever you want. But then some of the shops in the mall would be closed. So um, they didn't, I guess Nori didn't have the same strict rules about, well, they had some rules. So um, like hairdressers were all closed. Um, and certain, yeah, like one-on-one contact businesses were closed right away. But like some clothing stores, like shopping malls, they seem to be open, um, or they seem to open up a couple weeks later, um, and uh, they just kind of had lots of signs telling people to keep their distance, and maybe people monitoring to make sure it wasn't too full. Um, you couldn't go to a theater, of course. Um, restaurants are mostly shut down. Um, some of them are opening up now that. It's nicer weather. You can sit out on the patio. But in general, most restaurants, you're not allowed to dine in. Um, Takeout, of course, is uh, very popular. But um, bars are still not open. It was my birthday in March. And um, we went out. We wanted to try to go for a decent meal. And we found one restaurant, but they, like, closed at 9 p.m. So they – and they had half the – so every other table in the restaurant was um, was uh, like uh, taped off, so to like space people out in the restaurant. Um, it was honestly a really awkward meal because it was like really weird to be in a restaurant that's like deliberately half empty. Tell me about some of the other things that are open. Um, so my wife works at a uh, daycare and a kindergarten, and um, that. It's been really interesting because the kindergartens opened a week and a half ago and they were the first thing in the country to open. And um, it was actually a really interesting thing to see because people have been like, that's like the number one thing that you hear in, like, you know, in all the newspapers and everything is like, when are the kindergartens going to open again? Because um, the, the way that they're set up here is they're like really well run. They're all government subsidized, so they're they're very inexpensive and they're really high quality. And kids are put in at a very young age, and it's just kind of part of the culture is to put kids in these kindergartens. They're very social. They're very outdoorsy, um, and I think parents really like them. And um, <laughs> now that the parents were at home with their kids, like the number one question they had is when when are they going to open kindergartens? And um, so that was the first thing that they opened. Um, And so it's been interesting because they had all these rules about how they're going to open kindergartens. And so they they've like split the kids in half and half the kids are inside all day. Half the kids are outside all day. So they, they try to limit the contact. And then within those groups, they separate them into smaller groups and they try to limit how those groups like con interact with each other. Um and they're monitoring the kids and if anyone even has like a cough then like they're sent home immediately and tested as soon as possible um 
So, but they really did try to push that going because they just, I think in a, from a cultural perspective, they really value the, like the socialization and the education of the kids from a young age. So that was the first thing that opened. And then a week after that, um, elementary schools opened. And um, I think a lot of people have been like liking that. Um, I've noticed some, I've talked with other people who work in other offices and other industries. And um, yeah, most people are still mostly working at home. But some offices I know I've heard that are doing like a rotating thing where a third of the team goes into the office each week. And so every three weeks you work from the office and then the other two weeks you're working from home. Um, and, and, uh, and then most pertinent to my job is they're now starting to release, uh, relax the measures on like large gatherings outside. So for sports events and training events. So when it comes to like coaching and racing, so races are still canceled, but they're, they're starting to open up um, training events so you can have more than two or three people. Now they're saying you can have like five to or like 10 to 20 people um, training together as long as they keep some distance from each other. So obviously certain sports work better than others when it comes to this. But um, for cycling, it means like you can go, but don't be riding close to each other, but you can go maybe train in a like do technical drills in a parking lot or go out and ride individually down the road and you know meet each other every couple kilometers and um so that's that's really great to see so there's a lot of like growing optimism that things are starting to open up here and uh, i think people are cautiously optimistic um and you know, everyone's still looking at the numbers on a daily basis, and we're hoping that we don't see a spike now that they've opened things up. But it seems like they seem to be rolling these things out quite well. And I think people have a lot of confidence that, like, if we needed to go back, you know, lock down a little more, then we could do that again. And um, that the government seems to be doing a pretty good job. I think per capita nor is one of the highest done one of the highest testings out of like most countries and um so there seems to be a lot of like trust in like how the testing's working and how the tracking and tracing of um infected people and all that so that seems to be it seems to be going well Canada is going to reopen in stages how do you feel about that based on your experience in Norway it's kind of been interesting because this lockdown, it seemed that Norway is about a week ahead or a week to two weeks ahead of what was happening in Calgary. Um, so when I called friends and family, so when we went into our lockdown, like Calgary is still, you know, a ways away, but we seem to be like a week or two ahead of what's happening in Canada. Um, and maybe now that timing's a little bit off, but um, at least for the first kind of major events of like all this COVID things where they start to implement a lockdown and then they start to, um, you know, when you see the numbers spike because the numbers continued to grow after the lockdown for like the first week or two. Um, and um, when they started to like shut down borders, all that, like it seemed like we were about a week ahead of what was going on in Canada um, because we got hit first. Um here in Norway but now that things are starting to open up like it seems like things are going okay um so I don't want to give 
too much optimism, but like honestly, things seem to be moving in the right direction. What has it been like being away from your family during the pandemic? We've actually been more connected because everyone's locked down back home, and so even if I was, if we were living back, let's say we moved back for this, we moved back home, we still wouldn't be seeing friends or family. Anyways, because we'd still be on, you know, keeping our distance. So right now, other than the time change, we we try to Skype with friends and family a lot. So we're actually like Skyping with people, and obviously not everyone we live we know lives in Calgary anyway. So um, we're doing lots of family Skypes. I have family in BC, and my wife has family in Saskatchewan. So like we've many times, and we have like all of our family on these Skype calls that like we'd never had set up before this. So in a weird way, we actually feel like we're have like a greater deal of connection with friends and family back home um, because they're all stuck inside anyway. So it's a lot easier to phone friends and have them pick up because I, I know that they're just at home. Um, so it's been kind of strange that we, yeah. And it, it would be a totally different situation if we were in a country where we didn't feel safe, but here in Norway, we, we feel very safe with how the situation is here. Uh, I feel safe with how the situation is back home. Like, I think the Canadian government's done a really good job. Um, definitely watching it from a distance, I can say that I think Canada's done a pretty good job, um, especially in comparison to a lot of other big countries. Um, but I think I feel safe for my family. They feel safe for me. And um, I've got a job. It's keep it's. It's continuing to go, so we just decided, well, we're going to stay here and ride it out in Norway, and it hasn't been a problem. Um, the only weird thing is that it would be, the only slightly weird feeling is that if we wanted to fly home, we don't know if we could right now. Um, at, uh, you know, Obviously, we'd be quarantined for 14 days and all that, but you know, traveling and getting stranded in some airport, I don't know how that would work. So... That's the only thing that feels a little bit odd. Sweden, which is right next door to you, has taken a very different approach to handling the virus. How do you feel about it? Uh, the Sweden question has come up a few times, and I think it's interesting. I think, I guess I have, I have a two-part two answer to that question. So I think the first part is, to, um, is the fact that the Norwegian approach has statistically proven to be much safer so the way Norway acted definitely was the right way you, you look at all the numbers and the numbers in Sweden are much higher the death rates are higher so um, I think no one could argue that Sweden's approach has been better um, and on top of that remember these are both like very like strong um, social democracy like social democratic countries so even economically wise in Norway, with the shutdown, the government has been filling, like, has, has a really good safety net. So people who were out of a job are still getting some money right now. So there's not that economic pressure to remain in normal life to fight the lockdown that you might see like in America right now. But um, so that's, that's my first part of the answer. The second part, um, I feel like this is where news reports tend to not paint the full picture, is with Sweden, 
and all Scandinavian countries for that fact, there is this really strong social ethic. So the Swedish government, as far as I understand, hasn't put in like really strict rules, but there are lots of recommendations that have been put up and people in Sweden and all other Scandinavian countries tend to follow those recommendations much more than you would see back home. If the Canadian government put out some like recommendations, there would be a lot of people who wouldn't follow it, but in Sweden, people will actually listen to those recommendations. So I do know a lot of people have been taking it quite seriously in Sweden and not, you know, not going out, even if there aren't strict rules preventing them, but they just have decided to, to stay at home. So I think when the media is kind of showing what's happening in Sweden, they tend to miss that these kind of underlying social um like the way the societies are kind of the society in Sweden and Norway and all the other Scandinavian countries are kind of run where they have this strong social ethic of like, you know, doing what's best for everyone. You've been stuck in the house with your wife, like many of us. We're spending more time with people we live with than we usually would, and that can be a good or a bad thing. How have you two been dealing with it? We've had fun with it. We we've gone we go out hiking a lot and we um, you know, we try to set up a little date night once a week where we order in sushi or order pizza. And, um, you know, even when we like had friends and family, we, we did like, we had Easter dinner. And so we cooked this like really elaborate Easter dinner here. And then we even got dressed up, even though we were just Skyping with friends and family, but we kind of took the time and put on some nice clothes and did our hair. And, um, that seemed to like those little moments kind of kept us a little more sane when we were locked in a basement suite um or not locked in but when we're kind of stuck in a basement suite um and uh being able to you know skype with friends and family and get out for some walks every day and have a couple nice meals and those were those were what kind of kept us going what do you think is going to come out of all this? What do you think is going to change? I think people have realized that we, um, we're only as strong as our weakest link. And so it's important to take care of those out there, um, you know, to have good systems that like take care of other people. Um, I think people have seen that, um, life can be quite enjoyable without having to have big trips and you know expensive things that like just going out walking to the local you know your local outdoor area is is enough um i'm a cyclist i'm a cycling coach so people are riding bikes lots i love that i mean there's no bike racing but like cycling is booming right now um i have had so many people ask me questions about wanting to go out and buy a new bike and what should i buy and what should i do and um so i love that i think there's a part of me that is um interested in like kind of politics and economics and i think there's gonna be some major shifts in that uh i think a lot of like um the politically left um ideas have really shown to be quite effective when dealing with the pandemic and people on the right seem to be struggling so i think there's some positive that can come out of that with in terms of like setting up societies that have health care for people and um you know 
take care of the weakest in our society. Um, so that's kind of like a more of like a high level thing. But um, I think people are brought together in something like this and people realize that a lot of the, I mean, the thing about a virus is it doesn't care how rich, powerful or famous you are. Um, and kind of, it's kind of shown that a lot of that stuff can be like an unnecessary facade. And I think that, you know, what you see in this is like people are people and you need to, you know, think about, you know, think about the old people, think about the sick people, think about people with like health conditions and um, act in the way that like benefits everyone else too. That's Jason Dyke in Norway. What's It Like is written and produced in Calgary, Alberta, Canada by me, Tahara Faruzin. The music you're hearing is Massive Attack by Poddington Bear at soundofpicture.com. Thanks for listening. Stay well.